everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host Josh Sanchez and for today's podcast, it is a solo podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun and I have a lot of interesting thought-provoking topics that I really want you guys to think about as we are officially one week away from Christmas and the holiday season. So I really think it's a good time to drop a podcast specifically talking about holiday trauma irrational thinking, and also Capricorn season as we are wrapping up Sagittarius season by the end of this weekend. So our topics for today, I know I just addressed a little bit, but we're going to start with holiday trauma as the big topic. Then we're going to get into some Capricorn season and also the Gemini full moon that took place a couple weeks ago. Just how are we feeling about it? I know a new moon is coming up next week. So we're getting ready for that to get ready for Capricorn season and the beginning of the new year. So that's going to be something that's going to we can really look forward to. And then also I'm going to get into some irrational thinking. I really like to end the podcast with a mental health slash resource topic that you guys can take home from this podcast and actually try it and implement it in your everyday life. And let me know how you guys feel. You guys can always send me an email at yourspiritualbestfriend.com, literally the podcast at gmail.com. Send me questions. Let me know if you've tried any of the exercises that I've put here on our group discussions. And just let me know how you feel about it. So whether you guys are listening live on Wisdom or Podbean or you guys end up listening to the podcast later, uh, just let me know how you guys are feeling overall. So with the first topic, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with holiday trauma. And this is a very interesting topic because, especially now, I am a group counselor. I have my bachelor's degree. I'm halfway done my master's program, so I'm I'm eventually going to get my MA in clinical counseling. And the holidays, just feeling the energy from the people I've done, I've run groups for, also with myself, friends, family. Holiday trauma seems like it's a very common theme and it's been consistent throughout my life. So first we're going to talk about what do I mean by holiday trauma? So we all know the holidays, it's meant to be a time for family. It's meant to be a time. There's, it's a time for sense of togetherness, you know, You're spending time with family. You're spending time with the people that you love the most. You're buying gifts for them and and you're doing all that stuff. But with that, though, comes traumas, comes anxieties. There could also be the added pressure for people that do not have that sense of belonging, whether that's with family, whether that's with friends. They don't really have their comfort in their home where they feel that safety and security. 
So holiday trauma could be a mixture of anything. It could be triggers that have happened during the holiday season that cause you to feel stressed or nervous. It could be just a lot of things. It could be family members. It could be friends. It could be work. It could be anything that causes anxiety, stress, fatigued during the holidays. And the holidays, again, socially and throughout history are meant to be a time where we are all together, where we get to connect with family members or people that we have not seen in a long time. This is a time, it all depends on what type of family you have and what type of people you've experienced and what type of people you are around. I know for myself, I am a very busy person. This year has been a very busy year for me. I have one, taken on grad school, which has been a lot of work. I've started my full-time job as a group counselor. So I am also running a podcast. I'm doing astrology chart readings. So like I'm doing a lot. I'm also chiming in some video game time, obviously, and some me time. So I am doing a lot. So when it comes to me connecting and talking to family members, there's some family members that I talk to all the time. There's some that I don't. And the holiday season is just a reminder of me of all of the time I have not talked to certain family members. And and with that comes a lot of pressure for me. And uh, through the holidays and through studying mental health and stuff, I've identified some triggers for me during the holidays that I am aware of. So that way I'm not projecting them onto family members or other people because that is what is that's the first step for anything. Whether whatever trauma you experience, it doesn't have to be just holidays, but traumas in general, we have to be able to identify what triggers us, what causes us to think, feel and behave this way. What is those triggers? Because once we are and become aware of those triggers, then we can take control of our mood and all of that. So that way we're not taking our anger out or doing those behaviors that have gotten us into trouble in the past. It's a very cognitive behavioral therapy, therapeutic approach, but that's one of the things that I've learned a lot in school that I love. And I've started doing it with my groups and it's been, I've had some great results with it. So here's some questions for you guys to think about, to start to raise those awarenesses. So first, How have the holidays have been for you overall? It doesn't have to be one specific holiday. For some people, it could be that one specific holiday that caused a lot of trauma and a lot of stress that has affected you and the family this way. Or it could be just a combination of some holidays are great, some holidays are not great. But how are the holidays overall for you? Are they times of joy? Are they times of stress? Overall, when it comes to the holiday season, how are we feeling? And it, and you don't have to have just one set feeling. It can be a mixture of feelings. You can also feel, you can feel a mixture of excitement because, you know, you're getting presents. You get to spend time with family you haven't seen in a while. You can also be the feeling of fear. You could be fearful of some, of some family members, maybe some family members you don't really get along with. So it can be a mixture of feelings, but we need to first be able to identify, okay, during the holiday season, I am feeling a mixture of, or I am feeling this. 
Because once we start to understand how we are feeling, then we can start to identify the behaviors that we do when we are feeling a certain type of way. So for some people during the holiday seasons, this is just a very specific example. I'm not saying myself, but I'm not saying anyone I've done groups for, but this is a very common example that I've had, that I've listened to from a lot of my experiences. Holiday season, it it causes a mixture of excitement and fear. Excitement that you get to see family members, you get to have presents, you get to have that sense of togetherness because we're human beings, we love, we, we have a social side of ourselves, whether some people want to admit it or not. We are human, we need to have social interaction. If we don't have social interaction, we lose parts of ourselves. And the holidays are a time where mostly that is a time for social, social interactions. You're connecting with people you haven't connected with in a while. So there's the excitement there, but then there's also fear of the questioning by certain family members because there's certain family members that ask a lot of questions because they haven't seen you in so long. They want to know every detail about everything you've done and that can cause some fear and anxiety. And if you don't acknowledge that fear or you don't acknowledge that worry or nervousness or like, oh, like, what am I going to say? What, what is this? Then during the holiday season with that family member, you might either be closed off and reserved towards them, or you might take out whatever feelings you are feeling and project them onto them, which then creates a stressful situation during the holiday season. That is just a very specific example. Whether you resonate with that, that's up to you guys. Whether or not, that's okay too. But I just wanted to name that example as just... Let's first, to prove my point, let's first recognize how are we feeling overall about the holiday season, which is the first question to assess, okay, how have I been overall in the holiday season? Am I stressed? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I worrying a lot? Because once we able to, once we're able to identify them, then it can lead us to the next question. So what are some holiday triggers that make you feel those feelings. Once we're able to recognize, okay, holiday season, I'm usually worried about this, this, and this. Okay, so what are some triggers that cause me to feel that way? It could be, like I said, certain family members. When you're around this family member, it causes you to feel this, this, and this. It could be buying Christmas presents. It could be the money part of it. When it comes to spending money, that could be a fear and anxiety. And the holidays, it just heightens that up. I know for myself, now this year, I'm a lot better. But in years past, I've been very stressed out with, because I want to buy the people I love some valuable gifts. But for some of those gifts, there are too much money that I can afford, you know? So then I'm trying to scramble and figure it out. But that could be a trigger for some people, spending the money for the presents during the holiday season. Um, It could be family, it could be friends, it could be whatever, but identifying those triggers is important so that way we know, okay, these are triggers that cause me to feel this, so that way you're not projecting it onto other people that do not deserve that or do not deserve you to feel this, for you to project whatever feelings you are feeling onto them. Projection is a defense mechanism. It is because what happens is with projection, 
there's certain people in there's certain people in our lifetime that just read us perfectly. Like if they know if we're sad or worried, they they read the energy. But not everyone is like that. And if you projection can be good for those people that can can read your energy because then it makes you feel safe and secure and you can really trust them. But where projection backfires is for some people that do not know or do not understand where your energy and the stuff that you're feeling, projection can cause them to view you negatively because you are feeling some type of way and they did not deserve the brunt of whatever you were doing because you felt some type of way. So projection can be good where if you have the right people that can read you and and, and those people are hard to find, like it's, I my best bet is let's work on communicating. Let's communicate how we feel, what triggers us. So that way we're not projecting. But there, we always do have those couple of people that are able to read how we are feeling. But let's not project. It's like a double-edged sword. Projection can do that on one end. It can help you build trust. And it's a defense offense mechanism because you're not, telling you're not telling people how you're feeling and you're not because there's a vulnerability factor there but on the other end on the contrary if you're projecting whatever you're feeling on other people that can cause other people to resent you or even cause more stress for you because again we're humans we need that social interaction and if you're constantly projecting whatever you're feeling towards other people those people are those people that are going to understand you are going to be a small list of people, which then can cause so much other factors. But my whole point of this, my whole point of this conversation is holiday trauma. This is the time period where it's either times of extreme joy or extreme stress, depending on what you've experienced, what happens. There's a lot of, I know for myself, a lot of family members I have not seen in a very long time are coming back into the picture and we're just catching up because we haven't seen each other in months for some family members, probably a full year because of just how busy adulting can be. It, it, it can really be busy. So being able to understand and recognize, okay, how do I normally feel during the holidays? What are some triggers that make me feel those feelings And then the third question is, what are some thoughts that go through your mind due to the triggers? So for instance, I'll do myself as an example. During the holidays, I, I have, I have a lot of mixed feelings. Like I have feelings of joy and happiness because I get to see so many family members that I didn't get a chance to see in a while. I love my family. Uh, my family, we've all put in a lot of work, especially on my dad's side to build and build intimacy and get closer with one another. So when I get a chance to see him and that side of the family more, I I'm excited, but I'm also anxious and scared because I haven't seen them in so long, you know, where it's like, I have not seen them in a couple months And I don't want them to feel bad that I have not. Like, it's not about them. It's more just about where I am currently in my life. I've been just extremely busy with school, work. So those are the two things that I have. So some triggers for the situation. Me going over there causes me to feel a little bit, not a little bit, but causes me to feel 
That's a trigger. So how can I work on that trigger to feel more comfortable? Okay, let me try and communicate. Okay, I know it's been some time. Let me, because when I communicate that, I feel better. So first, identifying the trigger, identifying how you're feeling overall, and then the third question, some thoughts. So some thoughts that go through my mind when I am feeling scared is, are they going to be mad at me because I haven't seen them in so long? Are they going to resent me because of that? The fear of resentment is there. Like they're like they're not going to accept me. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. And they have not really given me any indication that that's the case. But that's just what happens in my mind. And that is an example of an irrational thought that I will explain later in the podcast. But that's an example of a thought. Okay, so when I'm feeling this way during the holidays what thoughts are going through my head. So once you're able to identify those thoughts, you're able to identify your triggers, you're able to assess how you're feeling overall in the holiday season. There, once you do all that, then you start to understand this is who I am. This is what I need during the holiday season. And that way you're not as stressed as you have been in the past. The first step is trying to be even aware of this stuff. I know for myself, I know some family members when they're very nervous, uh, they don't want to admit it. I'm not going to put them on blast, but it's just very interesting. You can tell, uh, you can tell the anxiety levels for some, for some people that I've had because high anxiety runs. a, A lot of my family members have high anxiety and, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see how the dynamics all come in, come into fruition. Uh, so it's just very interesting. My point of that conversation, though, is the first step is we need to be aware of all of these things. So that way we can monitor them and we can not be as stressed or continue those behaviors that we have done in the past during the holiday season. But again, before I wrap up this first topic And we're going to take a quick little, just a quick little break here. Here's the questions again for you guys to think about as I, as we transition to the next topic. First question, overall, how are the holidays for you? Are they times of joy? Are they times of stress? How are we overall feeling about the holidays? And it can be a mixture of feelings. You don't have to just put down one feeling. It's a good journal question to think about. Number two, what are some holiday triggers that can cause you to feel stressed? What are the situations that cause you to feel this or that during the holiday season? It's a question you should ask yourself all the time, but in the holidays, I feel like there's a more heightened importance because it's a time of we're supposed of togetherness. And for those people that don't feel those to that togetherness, It can be times of very high stress. So identifying those triggers can help you become more aware. And then the third question, what are some thoughts that go through my mind when I am feeling this, this blank, blank feelings during the holiday season? So those are the three questions for you guys to think about when assessing and thinking about holiday trauma. So we're going to take a very quick little break here. And uh, yeah, we're going to go from there. So you guys are listening to Your Spiritual Best Friend. Our next topic, we're going to talk about Capricorn season since it is coming up. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys. 
Um, but again, you guys listen to Your Spiritual Best Friend with your host, Josh Sanchez. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash and best of all, It's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. All right, and we are back, guys. I just wanted to give you guys just a couple of minutes to think about holiday trauma and how that can affect you. Again, those questions, just to recap that last topic, because I know we have a couple more people joining. For holiday trauma, how are the holidays overall for you? So first assessing how during the holidays, how overall am I feeling about it? Times of joy, times of sadness, whatever you are feeling, that's important. Second question, what are some holiday triggers that make you feel those ways? Whether you feel happy or feel sad, feel excited, feel whatever, what are some triggers that do that? And then the third question is, what are some thoughts that go through your head when you are feeling those feelings during the holiday season? Again, so triggers, feelings, and thoughts. Those three questions are all super important So that way we become more aware of how we are feeling about the holidays and we're not projecting it onto other people that do not deserve to feel those type of feelings. Triggers can be anything. It could be a person. It could be a monetary thing. It could be an item. It could be anything that causes you to feel those things. Being more aware of that can help you during the holiday season. So that was the first topic. And I know on Instagram live, I just, I tune in later because I only get an hour limit. So I didn't want to go over an hour and have the live stream cut off, but that was the first topic. So the second topic we're going to get into Capricorn season because it is the season of Capricorn and uh, Capricorn is a very interesting Zodiac sign. So during this time, New Year's, Christmas happens. So what usually happens during New Year's? It's... It's time for reflection. Okay, what things went great this year? What are some things that went not so good this year? And what are some things I can do moving forward so that way next year I'm not making the same mistakes I was making this year? So if you if you feel that type of vibe, that's pretty much what Capricorns are. They are hardworking people. They are ambitious. They are determined. And depending on if you have Capricorn in any of your chart, that'll show you that as well. It is a cardinal earth sign. So cardinal signs are 
the beginnings of specific seasons. So cardinal signs. I know uh, Aries is a cardinal sign. So Aries are self-starters. Capricorns keep that same energy. They are hardworking and self-starting. Self-starting. But with Capricorns, they are ruled by Saturn. So Saturn is the grandpa of the planets. And uh, being the grandpa of the, of the, of the planets, uh, there's some positives to that and there's some negatives to that. Positives, you know, hardworking. Grandpas are very wise, a lot of wisdom. So with that, you know, like you're learning from your mistakes and you're continuing to grow. But being a grandpa of the planets, when it comes to having fun, when it comes to, you know, relaxing, that can be a challenge because there's just a constant need of, okay, you need to improve this. You need to continue to do this. But with hard work, you become rewarded. Similar to when we're older in life, if we put in all the work when we're younger, we take care of ourselves, we take care of our bodies, we take care of our emotional and, and mental well-being. We get rewarded with that later in life. There's a thing called Saturn returns, and this is when Saturn comes back to the sign in which Saturn is in your own chart. So for instance, for myself, my Saturn is in Aries. So when Saturn comes back into Aries, that is considered my Saturn return. And it happens every 26 to 28, 30 years around that time frame. So that's when Saturn returns. And, and that's a time period where if you've put in the work that you needed to put in in your chart, you're going to be rewarded. And if you have not, you're going to realize that you need to put in a lot of work during this time period. It's a time of a lot of realization, a lot of change, a lot of stress, but you come out of it a new person learning new things about yourself. And that best describes Saturn. Saturn gets a bad rap because we have to work. In all of our charts, we have Saturn in our chart, by the way, too. And we all have to work in this specific area, but if we put in the work, we get rewarded. If we don't put in the work, we're going to just continue that cycle, continue that life lesson of, okay, I need to work on this. I know I need to work on this, but I still have not done that. And that, that goes back into my thinking model that I love to describe where we need to identify the situations that cause us to think this, then cause us to feel this, which then causes us to act this way. And that's how we can become more aware and challenge those those thoughts and those behaviors that can be irrational. But that is Capricorn season though. So the dates, they start from December 22nd. So literally this Thursday coming up and it lasts until January 19th. So if you guys know a Capricorn, think about it. Think about how have they been? Are they hardworking? Do they take care of themselves emotionally? I know that's something that Capricorns tend to struggle with because they're all about the grind. They're all about the work. And with that, if you focus so much time on work, 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 and work, when it comes to taking care of yourself, that gets put in the back burner. So that is a challenge that a lot of Capricorns have faced. And I know for myself, my Capricorn, I have Capricorn moon. So with that, you know, when it comes to my emotions and stuff, that's something that I've really had to work on is being able to communicate my emotions during high stress. Because for me, I'll just work. I'll just work to, to, keep, to keep the time going by. And I realize now that that is not a healthy way of 
processing my feelings because then that just creates more isolation and more, it just creates more problems. I know from, from me, what I've experienced in my lifetime. Um, so that's just Capricorns in a little quick summary, but overall big picture, they are big picture oriented thinkers. Like they think about the future they think of, okay, if I do this, this is what's going to affect me here and there and there. Because it, whatever astrology, type of astrology you believe in, whether that's newer, newer or older, older Aquarius and Capricorns share, they both are ruled by Saturn. Aquarius's they think about the future in a more humanitarian way. Capricorns do it with in a more of a way that how is this going to affect me in the future? How is this going to, if I do this now, this, this, and this. And then when it comes to love, they tend to view things in a investment type of way of thinking. So like if you love somebody, really care somebody, and you have a lot of Capricorn placements, it's more of like an investment. And if that, and if that investment doesn't work, you can feel like, ah, like I've wasted a lot of my time. Um, so if you have that, if you felt that type of way, you might have had some Capricorn energy in your chart. But some key traits, again, because this is going to be just a quicker of the three topics. It's going to be a quicker topic of the three. Key strengths to look at when it comes to Capricorns, hardworking, ambitious, honest, trustworthy, straightforward, responsible, practical. Um, with that, there's positives to that. With that, there's challenges, some weaknesses, pessimistic, tend to be a workaholic and work too much, materialism. A lot of earth signs have this problem. They love material things because they're physical things. Uh, but with that, though, you can be very cold, rigid, inhospitality. Um, Capricorns tend to have that type of some backlash from people when it comes to they're not as the most friendly sign. Now, again, if, if you're a Capricorn sun and you're like, well, I'm very friendly, you might have other parts of your chart that explain that. I'm just speaking just overall Capricorn energy. So it's ruled by Saturn. It's the grandpa of the planets, all about hard work and determination. If you put in the work, you get rewarded. If you don't put in the work, you're going to constantly get reminded by the universe, by what, by whatever you experience in your life, what you need to work on until you eventually get it. We all, we all have things we need to work on. And Saturn returns are a big part of astrology. So those are the big, mainly big three things that we can take away during this time period that I just wanted to really talk about and all that fun stuff. So again, since it is Capricorn, since Capricorn season is coming up, here's some questions for you guys to think about to add to the three questions I've already told you guys to write down and think about during the holiday season. So since Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and which is all about hard work and determination. Overall, how would you rate your balance between working and also taking care of yourself? Are you working too much and taking care of yourself too less or is it the opposite? Are you taking care of yourself too much or having too much of a social life that your work life is something that you need to work on? That is a deep self-reflecting question that you're not going to know the answer to right away. You're going to really have to do some meditation and some deep thinking on that. And once you're once you identify that, okay, let's create a plan. What is a plan? How can I work 
on improving those areas of my life because that's what Capricorn's all about. It's creating a plan, working and executing the plan, and that's what you're going to do. The plan is to improve yourself, though, not improve some somebody else or all that stuff. So when it comes to Capricorn, that's all I had for Capricorn. When it comes to the Gemini full moon, that took place a couple weeks ago. That was a very intense time. I don't know about you guys. For myself, it was it was a time where a couple family members opened up to me. It was it was just a lot. It was a lot of stuff. Um, and full moons. The reason why full moons can be a very intense period is because the moon is in opposition to whatever sun sign it is. So I know we are in Sag season. So the opposition of Sagittarius is Gemini. For Capricorn, this full moon. The opposition is going to be in Pisces. No, Cancer. Sorry, Cancer. My bad. Got that wrong. My fault, people. So it's going to be Capricorn and then Cancer full moon in January. But think about that time period a couple weeks ago. Did you have any relationship uh, problems come up? Did you have any deep, resounding emotional feelings that you've suppressed for some long, some, some, for some periods of time? Have you had a blow up with family members or friends or whatever? Has it been a work change? Have you been stressed out at work? These are all things that we need to ask ourselves during the full moon and do some rituals like burn some incense, manifest some good positive energy and all that stuff too because the new moon is coming up in a, in a, in a week as well. The new moon is a time period where it's the opposite of the full moon period. It's where the moon matches the sun's energy. So it's a great time you have that double energy of sun and moon. So that's a great time for you guys to manifest positive things. What, what are some things that you want for the rest of this month and for it to be a new year? What are some things that I want to do this year that I did not get to last year? What are some things I want to do moving forward? What are some behaviors that I want to do moving forward? What are some good things I've done? What are some bad things I've done? It's all about that self-reflection because we're constantly need to reflect on ourselves. And this new moon is going to be a great time because not only is it going to be the end of or the start of Capricorn season, but it's also going to be the end of the year. So it's a great time to improve on self and to work on self. And how, how else can we do that than to, to start reflecting on the things we have done and the things we have not done? But that concludes... The Capricorn and Gemini full moon topic. I just wanted to talk about it briefly because I I apologize for everybody. I had finals this past week. Very intense time. I couldn't have a chance to create some full moon content, but I'll be back on it for January. So I already have some stuff lined up and I apologize for missing that. Um, But whether you guys are listening to the podcast or tuning in live This last topic we're going to get into is some irrational thinking. I have seven specific examples, and I want to know if you guys can relate to it or not. But you guys listening to your spiritual best friend with your host, Josh Sanchez, we'll be right back again. Think about these questions as we wrap up this topic. What overall assess, how has your balance been between work and self-care? And the second question is, what create a plan that can help you either work on self or improve work life. Those are the things I want you guys to think about while this chill beats are being played in the background.
Hey everybody, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I just want to give you guys a very special announcement. So starting in the beginning of September, I will be doing astrology chart readings for anybody that is interested in learning a little bit more about themselves and their natal chart. I am not someone that is going to predict the future, but I am someone that is going to give you guidance and really help you process yourself in the present moment, whatever challenges or blocks that you face. But you can click on the link in the show description to schedule a one-on-one meeting with me where you get your chart read, where it's going to be a very safe space for you guys to open up and share your own journeys, your own anxieties, fears, and I hope that we can both learn something from each other along the way. I do have a confidentiality agreement that that everyone must sign and follow, and prices will vary depending on the income in which you guys make. I am someone that is very flexible and knows that we all have certain situations in life that can impact us financially, emotionally, anything pretty much. But it really is just a safe space for everyone to connect, grow, and learn some things about themselves. So again, you can check out that link to schedule a one-on-one call with me, Josh Sanchez, host of Your Spiritual Best Friend, and I hope to see everybody soon and to help you along the way on your own spiritual journey. All right, and we are back. So the first two topics, just to recap, because I know a couple more people have come on this conversation. I know Instagram Live, a couple of people have joined Instagram Live as well. So the first topic of our conversation, we talked, well, I, I talked a lot about holiday trauma, identifying the triggers, identifying the stress, identifying overall how we are feeling during the holidays is an important first step into helping us grow and realize our own behaviors during the holiday season. And then the second topic, we talked about Capricorn season, Gemini full moon, and got into a little bit of that stuff as well. But when it comes to this third and final topic, this is one of the the topics I really want to get into is the impact our thoughts have on our bodies, on our feelings, on our mind. And it's crazy how if we are if we start to identify those thoughts that can either cause us to be positive, to feel more positive or negative, then we know we can either tap in or stop or recognize when those thoughts begin. So I have a list. It's called types of thinking. It's stuff that I have written down based off of what my friends, family, even the people I've run groups with, just some common thoughts that they have said. And it's been very eye-opening for me that I've started to write it down and I put it all on a piece of paper. So I'm not adding at anyone. This is just types of thinking and there's 10 types of thinking. And as I am describing all of this stuff, let me know if you guys have felt or have thought about this for yourselves as well. So number one, all or nothing, black or white type of thinking. Here's an example. If I am not perfect, I failed. So this is an example of an irrational thought. It's all or nothing. I am either perfect at this or I am a failure. That is something where, especially with sports, you're taught that there's only one champion. 
There's only one this, there's only one that. So that is an example of an irrational thought. If I am not perfect, I failed. Perfectionism is something that a lot of people achieve and strive towards, but it's not healthy because we are human. We are meant to make mistakes, and it's through our mistakes we're able to learn and overcome those. That's how we're able to grow. We learn through our mistakes. So that is an example of a type of thinking, all or nothing, black or white type of thinking. Again, if I'm not perfect, I failed. The second one that I've written down on my piece of paper, it's called mental filter, only paying attention to certain types of evidence. So let's say there's a situation, how am I gonna put this? Let's say, I, I can't think of a specific situation, but here's what I wrote for as an example. I know I won three others, but I lost this game. I suck. So this is an example of let's, I know, I know I suck can be a little bit intense, but I'm just like, some people think this way, you know, where it's, it's this mental filter. You only pay attention to certain types of evidence of a situation. So let's say like you've had, you've met with 10 wonderful people, 10 friends, you had great conversations with six or seven of them but with one or two, you've had a bad conversation with. What happens is you fixate and you focus on the two that went wrong that you negate the other eight or seven that you did correctly. So that's an example. So for schoolwork, for example, I have gotten a hundreds in all of my quizzes and tests, but I failed one. So that means I must be a terrible person because I failed one. It's similar to if I'm not perfect, I'm fit. I failed, but that's just an example though of only paying attention to certain types of evidences. Are you actually reflecting on the full situation that happened or are you only picking the negative parts or only picking the positive thoughts to just to either justify or negate how you are feeling? So that's the second one, mental filter. The third one, jumping to conclusions, mind reading or fortune tell and for fortune telling. So this is where we, for some people, this is where we overanalyze the situation. So let's say like, you know, mom's going to be mad at something that you did, or, or, you know, friend is going to be mad at something that you did. You, instead of actually trying to communicate and let's talk about it, you overanalyze and overthink, well, they must think that I'm stupid. I already know what they're going to say to me. So you are already assuming and already putting yourself in a bad mood without even, without the situation even happening. So that is the third one, jumping to conclusions. I know I have done that plenty of times. I call it my psychology brain where I start to overanalyze other people's intentions. Then I'm like, oh crap, they must think this about me. They must do that. And it just causes just so much chaos in my head. So jumping to conclusions is, is an example of a type of thinking that we need to question. Fourth one, emotional reasoning. Uh, because you might feel, because you feel this type of emotion, that must mean it must be true. So because I am feeling sad, it must be true. These thoughts must be true about me. So here's an example. I am embarrassed. So that must mean I must be an idiot. So what happens is because you are feeling some type of way, you classify yourself as this, this, or third. So I am feeling sad. I must be depressed. There's a difference between sadness and depression. 
So that's just an example of emotional reasoning. You use your emotions as a way to reason and justify your thinking, either positively or negatively. Number five, labeling, name calling, categorizing. Like, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a loser. I am a terrible person. When you say all of these things about yourself, it makes you feel sad. It it causes you to shut down. It, It causes you to have just to really feel bad about yourself. And now on the opposite, I am strong. I am great. It makes you feel unlifted. It gets you motivated for the day. So be careful with your labeling. Are you labeling and classifying yourself in a negative way? Are you doing any positive self-talk to help you feel good about yourself? That's something that can be very challenging. So be careful with the labeling. It can be positive or negative. Let's not label ourselves and put ourselves into these negative categories where it causes us to just feel terrible about ourselves at the end of the day. So labeling is an example of a type of thinking. Number six, overgeneralizing. Everything, always, never thinking. I will never win at everything. I will never get the job that I want. I will always win. I will always get this. I will always get that. Everything is about me. Everything is about them. This is just, these are just examples where of overgeneralization. I never win at anything. Is that true? Because, I mean, you have, everyone has great things in their lifetime. Every, everyone has things that they need to work on. And what happens is we can fall into those traps of overgeneralization where we overthink the situation. I never win at anything. I always lose. Nothing ever good happens to me. And then we can victimize ourselves. And that can be a problem. It can be. Number seven, disqualifying the positive. That doesn't matter slash count because. So this is something that I think. I think it's a byproduct of the society that we have lived in. That is capitalism. Where whenever we do something good, it's like, okay, what's next? We don't really give ourselves the time to reflect on, okay, I did something really good. Let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. And what happens is we focus on the next challenge. So this is an example of disqualifying the positive. Because I did this, this doesn't matter because I didn't do this right or I didn't do that right. We fixate on on the negative so much that we don't even celebrate the positives. So when you get a good grade, I did really good on this assignment. Instead of thinking about the next assignment right away, let's give ourselves some time to be like, you know what? I am proud of myself for doing, for getting a good grade here. What did I do right to get that good grade? Good job. Let's move forward. Instead of disqualifying that perfect, the positive where, yeah, I got these good grades, but I, it doesn't really matter because I did terrible in this grade. So like, let's not try and do that because again, that puts you in that negative, it brings you down. Our thoughts have so much power that they can cause us to think, behave, and feel certain things. So disqualifying the positive is an example. Number eight, magnification slash minimalization. Sorry, that was a stutter there. Dramatizing or shrinking the the problem. So let's say you've experienced a very traumatic situation. Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal because this, this, and this happened. Or the contrary. 
it's the worst thing ever. This, what happened to me was a complete, like people can tend to over-exaggerate things, but also minimize things. So we need to be aware of that. Like, no, like actually what you've experienced was a lot. Or let's think, is that an irrational thought? Are you thinking irrationally here? That's something. Those are examples of magnification and minimalization. Number nine, should slash must thinking results in frustration or disappointment. He has to come right now or this. She must do this right now or this. Whenever you have a statement that has must, you're probably going to get let down. Let, let, let's be honest. Like you must be here right now. Is that, is that logical? Depending on the situation, like, is that logical? So that's something to think about too, because again, these thoughts can be positive or negative and they can affect everything. So should slash must type of thinking. And number 10, personalization, taking all the responsibility, even in situations where you're beyond your control, it's all my fault. I'm sorry. I should not have done that. When in reality, you did not do anything wrong. So personalization is something that I have definitely done a lot too, where I take all the responsibility from my family members to my, to my friends, to like, I take on the challenge to take all the responsibility and that's just not healthy. It's not manageable. We can only control the things that we can control, how we act, how we think, how we behave, and we can't control other people and how they're thinking and stuff too. So that's just an example. So those are the 10 types of thinking again, all or nothing, black or white thinking, mental filter, jumping to conclusions, emotional reasoning, labeling, overgeneralization, disqualifying the positive, magnification slash minimization, should slash must thinking, and personalization. So those are the 10 that I have written down that I've just observed through talking to people, talking to friends, talking to running groups, talking to family. I'm not adding anyone, but these are the 10 things. Let's think about moments in which we have used any of these and how did that, how did that make us feel either positively or negatively? Because it's important for us to question those thoughts. And I have some questions just for you guys to think about. So when it comes to those irrational thoughts. So let's think of, okay, I have done all or nothing when this situation happened. When this situation happened, here's where the thoughts that were going through my mind. I'm not perfect. I failed or other things like that. How did those thoughts make you feel? That's the one question I have. And then the the next question I have is what are some triggers that you've had to cause you to think this type of way? So think about that again, those triggers and also how did those thoughts make you feel? Because once we're able to identify that, then we can identify the behaviors in which we have done. So those are the 10 types of thinking. I jotted them down. I'm really excited to jot them down. Let me know whether via email or if you're listening to the podcast, let me just let me know overall. You can either email me some examples that, that this has happened 
any questions as well, anything you would like to add to types of thinking? Because I know I only put 10. I know there's plenty of others, but I didn't want to throw too much information at once if I haven't done so already. <laughs> but those are the types of thinking. And to wrap up this full live stream and this podcast will be out by the end of the day. We're going to get into knowing when it's time to set boundaries. This is something I love this worksheet that I ran in group and I want to teach you guys this on the podcast. So here are some tips to know when it's time to set boundaries with self. It is time to set a boundary when either of the following you have feeling taken advantage of or untrusting. So someone has taken advantage of you or, or you don't feel like you trust this person anymore because of this situation. Number two, your space or privacy is being interrupted. So we all have our safe space. We all have our safe items. We all, we all need the need for safety and privacy. And if people continue to interrupt that or overstep, that is something where it's like, okay, let's set a boundary here. I need my privacy. I need my space. Number three, you feel uncomfortable or angry with something someone did. So if someone did this, it caused you to feel angry. Let's communicate and let's talk to them about it. So that way we're not just going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. When in reality, it's not fine. And then it causes you to spiral and blow up even more. So let's avoid that by doing that. Number four, you are being blamed for something you're not responsible for doing. That is another example of when to set a boundary. Number five, you feel others are pushing ideas, actions, or feelings onto you. You know how I mentioned projection. Are people projecting whatever they're feeling onto you? That is an example of when to set a good, solid boundary. Another one, you feel disrespected insulted or hurt by something someone has done again realizing your own triggers is important here once we once we're able to identify them then those boundaries can be set number seven you feel bullied abused or someone is being aggressive towards you that's another one another good time to set those boundaries and the last one I've jotted, I jotted down just based off of what I observed from running groups, talking to friends, family, running podcasts, you, fee, you see someone is trying to compete with you. These are all things that I've written down, jotted down when, it's, when you know it's time to set a boundary because it's important that we need to know, we need to identify what time, when is it the right time to do it and some of the things on this list you guys can take. And you know what? I'm going to try this and try and set that boundary. So when it comes to our mental health topic, that concludes everything. So I know it was a lot. We got and we talked about types of thinking, knowing when it's time to set boundaries. We talked about holiday trauma in the beginning, and we also talked about Capricorn season. So it's been a wonderful conversation when it comes to the podcast part. You guys will be, the podcast should be out either Saturday, today, or Sunday. So you guys can tune in and I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday as well. Um, so when it comes to the podcast part, this is Josh signing off. Stay safe, every guy, everybody, and have a wonderful holiday. Check out your spiritual best friend on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I get into a lot of these talks now where I'm adding and combining the mental health and the spiritual health combining in the one because we all have we need all types of healing so 
Have a great holiday. Stay safe and stay tuned for the next podcast as well.